Well, I am really excited about today's guest on the Presbyterian and Reformed Churchman. To be honest, I wasn't sure he would agree to do the podcast. Uh, <laughs> he is somewhat famous, and I'm having to resist doing this whole interview with using parliamentary procedure. But uh, without further ado, I want to introduce to you a ruling elder, John Bice. You may remember him from last year's General Assembly. John was our moderator, and he did just an amazing job at keeping us organized through some uh, very uh, interesting debates. And so, John, thank you for agreeing to do this show. George, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's a delight to be with you, and uh, I, I appreciate uh, the Presbyterian and Reformed Churchman podcast and uh, what I understand of your goals, uh, getting folks better informed and more involved. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what the assembly is about, and uh, so... Thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, do I need to call you Mr. Moderator? Would, <laughs> please would you no. like me to call? Please no. I was going to say, would you like me to call you Mr. Moderator? Because it's no, I'm, resi- I'm, I'm having to resist all kinds of silliness. Okay. Uh, hey, no, just, I, I'm just a guy. You're just, yes. Uh, no, seriously, this is, um, I, I was honored when you when you agreed to do this. I We've never met. Uh, I know a lot of the, a lot of my friends have, a very high respect or esteem for you. I thought you did a great job last year. I know there were some very uh, difficult debates and uh, the clickers and and just some interesting uh, parliamentary sort of maneuvers that needed to happen, and you navigated it all uh, with, with grace. And so uh, thank you for your service. Yes. That's, that's kind of you. You may not recall this, but I recall very well that the initial problem with the uh, voting devices occurred during the election for moderator. Yes. So so we had several minutes. I'm sure it was not not uh, nearly as long as it seemed to me, but at any rate, it was uh, it was a a funny routine. I I know. Yes. And by the way, that was my first time ever stepping up to a mic at General Assembly was to ask you, I, I don't expect you to remember this at all, to ask you to please give us more time to get our clicks in because they weren't all going in in the, there's a lot of clicks that needed to happen. So there you go. <laughs> and you, and you, you, you did. So let, let's get to meet you a little bit before we get into sort of the, the polity and, and the parliamentary side of things. John, how long have you been in the PCA? Well, I was, I was born, uh, I was born and uh, baptized actually in, uh, in a Presbyterian church in New Orleans in the old, uh, PCUS, and then was was reared in First Church Jackson, which of course was one of the early churches, uh, you know, one of the founding churches of the PCA. Yes. So uh, you know that was that was my childhood church, and you know was there, uh, and then uh, I have been uh, I live now in Huntsville, Alabama. Been here almost thirty years, and uh, have been in two churches here. Um, you know had. Had some time when I was away at school and lived in other places where there weren't PCA churches. But uh, for the bulk of my life, I've been in the PCA. Yes. Okay. And how long have you been a ruling elder? Oh, goodness. I've been a ruling elder for uh, about 35 years. Uh, <laughs> okay. 30, uh, you know, 20, you know, a little more than 30 and 28 of that in the PCA. So. Wow. 
Wow, praise God. That is that is awesome. So basically, as soon as you became an adult and your whole adult life was spent as a ruling elder. That's that's kind of you. I'm older than you were alluding. <laughs> um, so uh, also, so tell uh, what's the name of your church, but also tell us a little bit about your family and your career. Introduce yeah. us, get our listeners to know who John Bice is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm a ruling elder at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church. Um, a relatively new church here in Huntsville. Uh, actually, this past weekend, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary of particularization. Nice. So that was a great occasion. And uh, so uh, my wife, Jane, and I have been there uh, since the inception of the church. Uh, in fact, during its mission church days. Um, I have two daughters, uh, each of whom are married and have their own children and uh, are active in uh, their own churches. And um, so, um, actually, um, my grandchildren, uh, one of my granddaughters, was recently received into communing membership at First Church Jackson. So that was a uh, sweet occasion. Uh, yes. Know, to see, see a granddaughter. And, and I had had forebears in that church as well. So uh, that's, that's sort of a nice routine. Career-wise, um, I spent uh, most of my career, in fact, all of it, um, doing uh, business-related work, primarily in the areas of finance and valuation. Uh, the last uh, 20, uh, 22 years, I have been involved in consulting work that has principally consisted of business valuation work, some assistance with companies who are in distress or who may be in the course of um, buying or selling. And uh, I laugh and tell people that uh, typically my job is to try to be the calm person in the room when there's uh, not always uh, calm going on around me. And sometimes I, at least externally, can appear calm when maybe I'm not so calm underneath. <laughs> wow, we could talk about that also as your moderator, uh, last year because you definitely did it uh, calm and composed. What, I'm glad what, it appeared that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I tell you, it, it's it's amazing to me. One of the greatest. I've only been doing this podcast for about four or five months, and the talent and the giftedness that that uh, the the Lord has blessed His church with with uh, elders in His church is just just amazing to me. And so, uh, I love hearing what you're doing or have done in the business world. And are you are you retired? Do you use that word? Well, I'm. Uh I, at the end of last year, I gave up my commercial office space. Uh, I, I don't know if it's apparent, but my I'm in a in a home office now, and I'm transitioning. I've uh, I've told people that I want to slow down a bit. I'm being uh, a bit more selective about uh, things that I do. Uh, some some sorts of cases I'm not uh, accepting anymore, and I've told people that uh, I'm going to be a little more relaxed with my schedule. So. Uh, I'm continuing to work, and uh, church work is also keeping me busy. So, um, at any rate, but I'm uh, I'm hoping to enjoy a little more time with uh, family and some travel and uh, watching grandchildren's events and that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely so. great. So, I didn't know, obviously, that you were a part of a, I guess, a church plant or a mission church who has particularized. So, were you? Uh, so ten years, you said. Were you long-standing in that area, and you just believed in the mission in the area where the church was going in, or like how did that work out? 
Well, I was I was in another church, and uh, and there were uh, some uh, events that occurred there that uh, caused a, a group of folks to uh, depart. Um, it was uh, it was one of those situations in which uh, the Lord was at work uh, moving toward planting a church. Uh, it wasn't really apparent to us at the time, and uh, but uh, out of a circumstance that was. Um, not altogether pleasant. Uh, the Lord brought good things, and so um, this little church emerged. And uh, it's interesting. We we began meeting in borrowed space, and we've had several locations. And in God's providence, uh, just over a year ago, we bought a uh, a property that had previously been occupied for some years by a Baptist church, uh, and much to my delight and that of my wife who had been praying as she walked past this structure it's uh, only about three blocks away from our home so that's that's been a kind providence of god wonderful oh wow okay so does it have a baptismal have you guys had to do some construction there well there is a baptismal but uh it's it is not uh, readily apparent uh, okay and and we're we're about to do some more construction to uh, to make make space as the church is growing, and uh, the baptismal presently is uh, is really out of view, but uh, in the re- in the renovations it it may go away altogether. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, it, so a friend of mine's church in in Greensboro, an OPC church, just sold them. Uh, their property and I, th- I think he they're going to absorb some of the members but the funny thing was it was an opc church with a a faux wall blocking the baptismal from the previous baptist church <laughs> <laughs> and well, so in our case the baptismal was uh was recessed behind a uh a wall uh a pair of walls if you will at the at the rear behind the pulpit and so it's 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 not terribly apparent but at any rate uh, it's there <laughs> it's there you know and uh yeah those those folks are god's people too so oh of uh, course okay we're, we we're love delighted it. so yes yes i'm sure i'm surprised the pastor hasn't tried to turn it into a hot tub for himself though so, not yet i don't think that's going to happen okay um well let, let's get uh let, let's get to it so you were the the moderator last year and what i really wanted to do with this episode is kind of give people an inside look at how how that works and so my first question is and i assume the answer to this already but i'd like for people to hear it like did you know you would be nominated and how did that how does that work and you don't have to say who who nominated you but or you could because i think that was kind of cool story too yeah uh you know yes i knew i was going to be nominated and um as as you observed in our earlier communication uh, this was actually my third time to be nominated. Uh, quite frankly, um, I had thought that uh, after two times, perhaps I should sit down, keep my mouth shut, and let it let somebody else have a shot at it. But I had some friends and uh, others uh, approach me and urge me, and uh, I, I had a real sense of calling. And so, uh, after a time of prayer and counsel from some folks whom I knew would be straight with me and slap me around if it were necessary, uh, I decided to proceed. Um, I was nominated by uh, Howie Donahoe, who um, was the last ruling elder moderator and to whom I had 
lost the election for moderator in 2020, I believe it was. But uh, Howie is a good friend. We've served together for some time on the SJC, and um, I, I said afterwards, after, I, uh, after the election, I wasn't sure that I recognized the person whom he nominated based on the things <laughs> that he had to say. But uh, Howie's a, a kind brother and was, was kind. And so, yes, um, going in, uh, those who are going to be nominated uh, typically are aware and uh, hopefully have also done some preparation, you know, looking over the overtures, familiarizing themselves with that. Um, and uh, their conversations with uh, staff folks and, uh, and others about things that may come up. Um, you know, the the moderator is is in one sense yes, very definitely the presiding officer. But you know, there are a host of people up there that are making the job easier and and helping the moderator to accomplish what's necessary to move the meeting along. Yes, yes. I, I assume you've moderated your your presbytery uh, at times. Is that would that be? Accurate? I have. I have. So you need, you know, yeah, that, so that you was a helpful, helpful experience, too. Right, right. So I, I don't know. I, I think I've heard that may have never happened before where a previous moderator nominated who who they had been run against in the past as the nomination. Do, do you, have you heard anything about that? Or? I, I, no, I, I have not. I yeah, hadn't, hadn't I, thought about it. but uh, It's pretty neat. It was uh, – well, and, you know, and, and frankly – um, you know, there's there's a very collegial attitude. I mean, uh, you know, um, Mel Duncan was the other nominee, and uh, I've got great respect for Mel. You know, count him a friend. He's a colleague on the SJC, um, and um, you know, similarly, uh, prior to the 2020 um, assembly, when when Howie and I were the two nominees, he and I collaborated in our preparations, and after the assembly. Uh, we spent time together at uh, Lake House. So, um, you know, good friends and, uh, you know, trying to work together to uh, help the assembly to get its business done and to uh, serve the church. Oh, that's really encouraging to hear, actually. And I know uh, a lot of men were conflicted on who to vote for, uh, yourself or Mel, because they love and respect both of you. So that's uh, that's a great sort of testimony to you know to mel mel is certainly a fine uh a fine man uh loves the church uh and is is very capable yes so it, it is surprising to me to hear that i mean i i get it you, you'll be nominated and voted or, or a man is nominated and voted at the assembly but that assembly book i, w I wish i had one printed out is like that thick and when I've moderated presbytery meetings, because I, I was the moderator in South Florida in 2018, and, and I've moderated here where I am now, um, it's like you need to go in prepared. <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's a ship and it's sailing, and you got. Uh, so, how much preparation do you do? And is there any point in that? And especially you had you've had to do it three times. Like, is there any point in that that you ask yourself, is it worth it, knowing that you may or may not actually get the post? You know, uh, there were occasions when I wondered whether I had lost my mind and whether I was wasting my time. But um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's always good to go to the assembly prepared. 
and to know what's coming up. Um, you know, um, there are folks who go with no preparation, but I think after um, after men go once or twice, they typically will try to prepare, know better what the issues are, and you know, in that sense, um, preparing to moderate um, is really. I don't want to say it's it's not much more than uh, than one would do to just be a commissioner, but you know it is good preparation to simply be a commissioner if you prepare as if you were going to moderate the meeting, and you also are supplemented by the fact that uh, you know you you may have meetings with the stated clerk, you know who is certainly very familiar with the docket, and others who who also assist in preparation. Um, so. Um, but um, you know, I'll I'll chuckle with you and confess. Uh, you talked about the thickness of the of the notebook, and I foolishly went to this assembly believing that I could work off of my iPad. <laughs> and uh, I had not been at the podium for more than about five minutes before I realized what a terrible uh, assumption that was. And so, at the close of the evening. Uh, Tuesday evening, I confessed my uh, error and asked if I might get a copy, a uh, hard copy. And so I had a hard copy first thing the next morning, and I had folks who were diligently trying to be uh, be sure that I was prepared by handing me items, you know, as they came up. So that too was helpful. Wow. Well, it, it all was very smooth from our perspective, what was going on up there. Uh, so, but, but I can imagine, I mean, as I prepare for General Assembly, and I think what you said is right, like the, I've only been to two. And the first one, I didn't go very prepared. I had a list of the overtures and, and then printed out, but that was it. And just watching the dynamics of everything that's happening, I realized I need to come in much more prepared the next year. Actually, because I want it to be. I, I again, I've been a moderator of, of a presbytery, and I, I, my background's engineering and business, so I like that anyway. Uh, but as as I prepare for the assembly, like I'm not giving much thought to the various reports of um, other denominations, the various reports of the agencies. The very, you know, it's in other words, we're looking at what decisions are we going to have to make. But as moderator, you have to. You have to know all of it. Like you have to know every little sort of intermission, every little, every little aspect of it. And so, thankfully, there's a there's a there's a big and well-oiled machine that helps in the process. You know, you've got you've got the folks that are on the podium, and they are very helpful. Um, although at times, you know, you're trying to listen and be attentive to what's going on ahead of you, while at the same time you're hearing folks. To either side of you that are conferring and uh, and working to help you, but uh, and and are very helpful. But uh, and and then of course you've got everybody, you know, to the the employees of the various uh, committees and agencies who have done a lot of work to prepare. You got the floor clerks. You got um, Larry Roth on the organ. Um, you know, someone gave me the advice that if if things get uh, get rocky or if you you get stalled at some point it, it's it's never a bad thing to sing a hymn and you got us to do that a couple times it yeah. was <laughs> but but really very very smooth honestly very smoothly like it was sort of oh, okay he took care of that yeah there's there's some there's some confusion there's some what and then 
we're we're praising God, and it was like, okay, it's okay. Yeah, you know. So what if the clickers don't work? We can still sing. Yes. Yeah. No, that was good. So you've referenced a few times the different people up there with you, and if if anybody, I wish I had thought to have pictures because I could share stuff. But uh, yeah, there there's an army of people up there. You're you're at the the podium. But there's tables to your right and left, and I think even people behind you, and there's people moving about. And so, who who else is up there with you, and what are their what are their roles? And it doesn't have to be comprehensive. Just give us a sense of who else is up there. Well, generally, uh, immediately to the moderator's right is Brian Chapel, the stated clerk, and then as you proceed on outward there, and and Brian serves the, the stated clerk serves as the parliamentarian of the assembly. But he has assistant parliamentarians, and so there were three of those last year. And then uh, you have um, secretaries, uh, one of whom was on the far right, one of whom was on the far left. Uh, there are individuals who are timekeepers. Um, uh, per Omquist was immediately to my left, and one of the things that he did, which was very helpful, as you might imagine, uh, when you're up there and people are going to microphones, you're trying to keep the order proper. You're trying to be sure that you alternate and the like. So, you know, I had a sheet that I was marking on, and he also had one. And uh, it was very helpful because at times I might miss someone. Um, and so I was able to, you know, look over and compare with him. But, you know, you got to keep up with the length of time that uh, is spent on a particular topic the length of time for a person, uh, an individual speaker, and the like. And so thankfully there are other folks who monitor that activity. Uh, and in one sense, you know, the moderator is up there like the, the marionette who's uh, someone else has uh, got the strings working to uh, make the moderator look like uh, <laughs> they're in control. That may not be the case always. Yes, and so you just hit on something else I wanted to ask you about, which was how how did you keep straight? Because there, what would you say was is there like a dozen microphones there? But also, it it looked like it would be difficult to see from the stage through the lights across over two thousand people. How were you able to do that? Well, you're exactly right, um, and particularly. Uh, Tuesday evening there was difficulty I don't know what was done but uh, Tuesday evening it was both difficult to see well but also to hear and so particularly when there's uh, a discussion going on that may have some energy to it you want to be focused on it uh, you want to understand what's happening and to be able to respond particularly if someone you know strays and, uh, and begins to head down a a path that's you know not productive uh, for the assembly and would be out of order, but um, you know, thankfully, as I said, you know there are people up there who are helping to keep up with the sequence, and you just have to uh, you know really try to be focused, and you know on occasion you know I think that uh, I was corrected by folks, uh, but you know thankfully. Um, uh, her was very good in terms of, um, you know, being sure that I stayed on task and I tried to be attuned for the very reason you're talking about. I wanted to be sure that I didn't miss someone, skip someone, um, you know. And, you know, I, 
my attitude is always that you know you want to give people the opportunity to speak but you also don't want people to jump up and and repeat what's already been said so to that degree you know the the person that's first to the microphone really should get the opportunity to first speak on a topic or to make particular points on that topic excuse me mm. yeah bless you so so when you said you don't you don't want repetitious sort of speeches like my my session has a joke let me think if i can uh everything's been said but not everybody's been not everybody said it yet <laughs> Roy Taylor used to uh, make that point at uh, at every um you know first time commissioner orientation okay yeah so maybe they got it from from him so how how do you i don't remember that ever that ever coming up but what what would you do in that case if if pe- if there's if there is repetition or you're getting too yeah, I mean, how do you, what do you do when people are just, if they're not intemperate, is there anything you do as moderator in that case? Well, I don't recall having to do this um, at, at the assembly last year, but in other instances when I have moderated, um, I've tried to gently suggest um, to the body, and I think I did make this as a general comment to the assembly, that, uh, you know, to remember that um, effectively every time you go to the microphone you're taking up the time of every individual commissioner and of the body as a whole so be attuned to that be considerate as to the fact that there's a lot of business to be done and you may have something that's significant that needs to be said but if it's already been said for goodness sakes let the body move on and you know you, you want to do that in a in a way that's respectful because the, the job of the moderator is not to uh, be an enforcer it's to assist the body and mm. to enable people to you know fully vet uh, a topic uh, as necessary to reach a decision but to do so in a manner that's considerate to the body you know everyone that's in that room is an ordained elder commissioner everyone that's there has an equal vote and everyone that's there should similarly have an equal right to the microphone so you you know it's to me that's a real responsibility of the moderator is to be courteous to the members and to facilitate their engagement but to do so in a way that's also respectful of the body as a whole mm. so how does how is calling the question viewed in 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 that context i mean sometimes it's it's helpful and makes sense other times it seems maybe it was maybe premature how how do you view that as the moderator well as as the moderator uh, in one sense there were there were times when i was appreciative of the fact that that the question would be called simply because to my ear and my sensibilities it seemed that a topic had been thoroughly uh, discussed uh, but, uh, you know, thankfully, that's a, that's a decision for the body, not for the moderator. And, uh, and so uh, the body can express itself uh, with regard to whether or not it wants to proceed further. And to me, you know, that's one of the beauties of parliamentary procedure, that the body retains uh, the right uh, to extend debate and, and, and therefore has control over those things. Mm. Yes. So, okay. Are you still the moderator of the 
Presbyterian Church in America, or does it end with the as the assembly ends? I'm still the moderator, and the moderator until uh, my successor is uh, elected. And uh, so, yes, I. Okay, so who, who's your successor? Uh, I, I've heard two names of individuals that uh, that I understand will be nominated. Um, each okay. of them uh, fine men, and uh, you know, it will be a wonderful assembly. Okay. Maybe you'll t- maybe you'll you'll tell me after we we hit stop on the recording. You give me some inside insider news there. <laughs> um, what was the before we move on to this year's assembly? What was was there anything that surprised you about being moderator? What were some memorable moments for you? What was just like what was the experience like? Well, the experience was um, you know to me it was it was wonderful. Um, you know, as as we were going to worship, I remember uh, telling my wife, who uh, had, you know, with me, had thought that after after two attempts, maybe I should sit down. And you know, she she I think was being protective of me. Said, you know, I don't want your feelings to be hurt. I don't want you to that kind of thing. And as we were walking to to worship, I remember saying to her, you know, I feel good about this, but you know, it's it's Lord's church, and uh, and if I lose, I lose. Hmm. But um, you know, when the when the vote was announced, um, you know, in one sense, um, you know, it was, you know, it was suddenly, gee, you know, I need to get up there and start doing business. <laughs> yes. And uh, so um, I, I wasn't startled by it, but there was a realization that I had to immediately, you know, get in gear, if you will, mm-hmm. and you know, pick up my bag and and get up there and pull out my trusty iPad, which, um, as good as it is, was I couldn't flip through it as fast as I needed to in that setting. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, one minute you're sitting in the crowd, the next minute you're you're directing things. So. Well, and, and two, you know, I mean, it was, it was very humbling. Uh, I mean, you know, both, uh, both Mel Duncan and his nominator, Harry Reader, um, you know, are fine men. You know, I have great respect for them. And, but, to, you know, to go to that um, podium and to have been elected was uh, just a very humbling honor. I mean, there are, you know, there are very capable men in that room. And so um, it, was, it was a deep honor and, and is. Yeah, well, I'm really glad you said that because more than an honor, would you say there's a weight to it, a weightiness? There is, you know, to me, and I go back to the function of the moderator, I I felt there to be a responsibility to assist the body, uh, to do its work, to do it in an orderly manner, and to do so in that orderliness without having the uh, emotion that surrounded certain topics uh, derail us. Um, so I, I was trying to be very careful to give people enough latitude to say the things that they needed to say um, without um, allowing the emotion to boil over in a manner that would, that would not be productive and would be counterproductive. Right, right. And, and I felt a real responsibility in that vein. 
um, you know, we've we've had some uh, topics that have uh, been uh, on our docket the last couple of years that have been uh, ones about which there are strong feelings, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. We just need to work through them in a manner that uh, recognizes the fact that we're brothers in Christ. We're representing Him, and so we need to conduct ourselves accordingly and to respect one another. Yes, yeah, and I, that just even through this conversation, it's it's occurring to me like again that idea that you know one second you're sitting in the crowd coming as a commissioner with your own ideas of how you're going to vote and your own research on the things we're going to be discussing, your own strong feelings, and then the next minute you're completely a neutral person up there. Right. So that, yeah, and with with no real time to prepare that. Again, like in, when I was, when I moderated at Presbytery, it, you know, you know, so you go in knowing, okay, I, I got to be, um, I, I can't be partisan on this. I have to be neutral. And, and there's like, the, for me, there was mental preparation on those things because I can be passionate about about an issue. Well, and, you know, in, in candor, um, you know, the, the other thing that I appreciated uh, is that, you know, frankly, the assembly uh, was was kind to me and was forgiving of me. Um, you know, my, my memory has blotted out the particulars, but there were a couple of times when I made missteps, and uh, the assembly was forgiving of me, and, uh, you know, I appreciated that. Um, yeah, well, that's great, yeah. Uh, when I mentioned the weightiness of it, I mean, I often think this was my impression of the first General Assembly that I was at. It's like you read about the assembly of the church in the Jerusalem Council in the book of Acts and, the, you know, the church coming together to deliberate the issues and to, to the best of our ability through prayer and seeking you know, the, the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction and the Word of God making decisions uh, for the church. There, there's just, there, there's a weight there, you know. And so um, I just can imagine that's just amplified in, in the role of, of moderator or anybody up at the front. Well, and I'm sure that you uh, have had the same experience that I have of people in your congregation asking you about things both beforehand and after and uh, you know others within the presbytery and so on so yeah there there is a a weighty responsibility um, you know not only within the body of the assembly itself but within the broader church mm. yeah i i love so i generally uh keep the congregation here involved uh not involved informed on you know what 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 the issues are i uh i always do a recap after the general assembly and then i write something and i've just been encouraged that that uh i'm in a church where the congregants care about the broader church and they've come to expect that from me and so i mean that's kudos, an encouragement kudos to you yeah well well thanks for that yeah uh and so that let me let, let's encourage whoever's listening to this ruling elders and teaching elders alike like your congregation believe it or not I, I believe even if they don't know it as soon as they start hearing about what you're going to do um they will care because they care about christ church and uh there is a sense that we're just representing them anyway yeah. um and so yeah I, I view it as an honor to vote on on the church's behalf and to inform keep us all informed yeah so 
what what uh, so as you said, you're moderator until this next assembly. What is does that actually entail anything between summers? Is there are, are you being conferred with on anything, or is it just an honorary? Yeah, um, well, you know, informally, um, I've had you know various people, um, some who were at the assembly, others who weren't, but I've had people who have contacted me with follow-up questions. You know, what about this? What about that? How did this happen? Um, and you know, both looking retrospectively at last year, but also looking prospectively at things that are um, coming up. But in terms of official uh, responsibilities, there, there are a few. Um, the the sitting moderator, as well as the five immediate past moderators, are um, unofficial members or. or or observers, if you will, at the uh, meeting of the Cooperative Ministries Committee. Cooperative Ministries Committee consists of the um, coordinators and uh, and the, the chairs of the permanent committees for all the committees and agencies of the denomination. And that that committee meets um, annually, or if it may meet more often than annually, if necessary. But I think typically it meets annually, and. Um, you know, somewhat like the assembly, uh, the, the sitting moderator attends his first meeting as a um, as an observer, but moderates the meeting. So mm. that's that's kind of a an odd situation to go to a meeting that you never attended and, and moderate it. But mm -hmm. um, but the goal of that uh, CMC is to be sure that the committees and agencies are working in concert with one another to achieve the goals of the assembly and to do so in a manner that's rational and, and makes sense in terms of our use of resources. And uh, so I, I was at that meeting in January. Interesting to hear the way that the uh, committees and agencies are working together. And even as we met, there was conversation you know, across the room and in the table about items that were going on within one uh, committee or agency that could be augmented or assisted by others, and so you know that was a fruitful situation. Um, the the sitting moderator also um, appoints the conveners for the various committees of commissioners, so um, that was a responsibility that I had. And so a few weeks ago, um, Brian Chapel happened to be in town here to. Um, participate in a, a dinner among the teaching elders of our presbytery and to encourage them and we sat down and went over the then partial rosters for the committees of commissioners and um, you know he and I conferred and um, you know made some selections with regard to who will convene those committees so you know there again I certainly didn't know every name but I tried to select individuals whom I knew to be capable with respect to conducting the business so so those committees of commissioners do you select from from people who who are on that committee of commissioners or they they come from outside that you do it comes comes from people who are on that committee of commissioners okay um, and you know um, you know uh, some of them I knew not all of them in some instances in in Almost every instance, um, the um, the head of the permanent committee 
um, had given some indication of people that they knew had particular knowledge with respect to their committee. Um, and so that might be helpful in terms of um, chairing a committee of commissioners. Um, but yes, it's, it's always uh, from a member of the committee. So does that member, once he becomes a convener, which, and obviously correct me wherever I say something incorrectly, but uh, he essentially moderates that meeting, right, or, uh, of that committee of commissioners? The convener calls the, calls the meeting to order and oversees the election of a chairman. And probably more often than not, the convener becomes the chair. Right, okay. Uh, but but not always. So, okay, and does he lose his does he lose his vote at that point? Um, you've got me. Aha! Maybe maybe he can he can break the tie or or, or create a tie. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is it is is that published and public knowledge yet? Do you, who's who the conveners are yet? Um, I don't believe that it is officially. You know, I've had uh, I've had a couple of inquiries. It it will be published. Um, I believe that it's published in the committee of commissioners' handbooks. Mm -hmm. I do know with certainty, though, that when the pre-assembly materials go out to each uh, commissioner to committees of commissioners, that roster indicates the name of the convener. Okay. So and we should be getting that soon, right? I mean, it's only a month away now. It, sh it should be very soon, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, may, can you explain in, a, in, in short form what a committee of commissioners is for somebody who hasn't been to General Assembly yet? Yeah. Uh, a committee of commissioners' function is to review the work of the permanent committees and then to report to the Assembly on its review. So all of the various permanent committees and agencies do their work. They prepare for the assembly. There are certain things that they want to have done. And the committee of commissioners reviews their minutes, their activities for the prior year. They uh, review the things that the committee wants uh, to bring to the floor and do so. So it's, it is a, it is a short-term assignment on that committee in that it, it only has the duration um, of the, the time of the assembly being uh, in session. So committees of commissioners meet on either Monday and or Tuesday leading up, and then they present their recommendations to the assembly on the floor. Okay, so can the committee of commissioners, again, let my language might be off, but overrule something the permanent committee has done or is, is, is recommending? The committee of commissioners uh, can recommend, can make a different recommendation to the floor of the assembly than what is being requested or advocated by the permanent committee. Okay. If the committee of commissioners uh, is concerned by something, they may also bring that to the attention of the assembly. Hopefully, however, what happens is that if there's something that is of question, the committee always has permanent committee staff available, and those questions can generally be resolved at that point so that there's not a dispute that arises within the conduct of the committee of commissioners that then migrates onto the floor. Mm, okay. And so 
the the permanent committees are working year round. Is that correct? That's right. correct. Okay. So the permanent committees work year round and then they're going to bring their work to the assembly and presbyteries then appoint commissioners to be on the committee of commissioners to review the permanent committee's work. And that's part of this checks and balances that yes. we have. And, and uh, I've had o Dr. O. Palmer Robertson on before, and he, he's talked a great deal about how important that whole process was. So you don't have people, for lack of a better way to phrase it, working behind the scenes year round and the assembly not having a check over that. That's and, correct. Okay. And so, and, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, let, let me put in a plug here. I, I always encourage folks to get involved and, and serve on a committee of commissioners. Hmm. People say, why would you want to do that? You know, what, it, it seems that that's just not particularly important work. It seems like it's not fun. And I say, you know what? In one sense, it's the scut work of the church. But it's work that needs to be done. It needs to be done well. And part of the fun of it is that you end out being thrown with a group of folks that uh, most of whom you've probably never met. You make acquaintances. You know, you have lunch together. You do your work. And, and, you know, over time, those acquaintances blossom into friendships. And I can't tell you how many times I've encountered something in our local church that was new to us. And I was able to reach out to someone whom I had met through the assembly and say, we've got something that we've never encountered before. Have you had any experience with this, or can you point me in the direction where I might get some assistance? So it's, in one sense, it's selfish with respect to receiving benefit. On the, in another sense, though, it is very necessary to the conduct of the business of the assembly for those committees to work well. Oh, that's a great. That's a great exhortation. Yeah, my, the first general assembly I went to, I wasn't on a committee of commissioners, and uh, last year I was, and it it was. It's uh, it's a great experience. I was going to say empowering, but it's just so to and to give people an example, like y you actually have like, again. There's a weightiness to it, but um, an example of how the committee of commissioners can come up with a different suggestion or recommendation recommendation to the assembly would be last year, and this one just just comes to mind. So not speaking to the. Uh, whether it was a great thing or not a great thing, but the Interchurch Relations Committee was re recommending to uh, stay in the um, National Association of Evangelicals, but the Committee of Commissioners uh, made the recommendation to withdraw from, from that organization. And that's the recommendation that carried the assembly, or the assembly carried the recommendation. And, and the point is that came from the Committee of uh, commissioners, not from the permanent committee. So, correct. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. It is. It's so. It, it can be daunting to be at the the assembly and just to see. Like it, it is a well oiled machine. It moves, and sometimes it's difficult to to keep track of what's going on. Sometimes a yay a yes vote is actually a no vote on the <laughs> the main motion. Um, and so you really got to keep track of what you're voting on. And so, in other words, if the Overtures Committee, and boy, I'm going to mix this up, but if the Overtures Committee is is recommending no on an overture, your yes vote 
is a no vote on the overture. Is that right? Well, typically, if that's occurring, the overtures committee is going to recommend answering overture X in the negative. That's okay. Yes. And and so, yes, you're exactly right. Uh, both those on the floor and those on the podium need to be sure uh, as to the impact of a vote. You know, is is yes affirming or is yes affirming a recommendation to deny? <laughs> and, and so you just have to be attentive to those things. Right, right. And so sometimes I'm helping. I mean, I, I, I love this stuff. And so sometimes people say, what, what is, I said, I just say, well, if you want the overture, vote this way, you know, because it's like, it's complicated to say yes, uh, voting yes actually means a negative on the overture in this in this case. And then there's other times, of course, where you're voting on, uh, you know, whether to call the question or whether to challenge the chair. And so you're not actually voting on, you know, for the motion you've been discussing, you're voting on something, <laughs> something else. And so you definitely got to be paying attention. That's for sure. And I, yeah, I can imagine from, from your perspective, trying to keep it all straight. That's a, that's a challenge too. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think there may have been a time last year when, when I had to say, stop, you know, let's, let's go back and be sure that we all know what we're doing here, that, you know, a vote yay on this measure means this. And, um, I think that's, that's always something that it's helpful to be sure that everyone is informed on because uh, if, if you're not uh, paying attention, um, sometimes you know it can be easy to vote thinking you're voting for one thing, but the effect of your vote is diametrically opposed to your intention. Right. Not so, a good thing. No, that's right. <laughs> right. So would the so let's say somebody from the floor is is confused and if. And uh, and they can't just get it quickly resolved by asking the person next to them because there's probably a lot of people confused. What what's the right mechanism? Was the right mechanism to ask for point of order and ask what does a yes vote on this mean, or is that like taking the attempt the assembly's time unnecessarily? No, that's that is absolutely in order, particularly and and frankly, you know, it, it's something that the moderator tries to be attuned to. If if there's a sense of confusion on the floor. Um, that kind of clarification is is worthwhile mm. and, and very very necessary to the to the good of the body. I mean, as you can imagine, if the, let's let's hypothetically say that there were um, a, a an issue that had uh, great significance and about which there was a, a lot of emotion, um, to rush through and have people uncertain as to whether their vote. Um, achieve the intent that they wanted, particularly if if their desired outcome is not the the result of the vote, is uh, is you know frustrating uh, both for the individual, but it's also um, very counterproductive for the body. Yes, yes. So going into this assembly, what? Uh, what are some things that are going to happen? Walk people through some things that will will happen. Maybe even from your perspective as as a, the outgoing moderator, and and there'll be a new moderator. Well, uh, again, you know, I encourage folks to come early. Uh, if you're on a committee of commissioners, great. If you're not presently and are watching this, contact your 
Presbytery stated clerk. Uh, you know, if your presbytery doesn't have uh, an appointee commissioner to a committee of commissioners, then um, if, if you get the appropriate approvals, and I know that our presbytery, like many others, empowers the moderator and the stated clerk to make appointments. And so you can virtually walk in to a committee of commissioners and, and join that committee. Um, you know, the, the work of the committee of commissioners, um, you know, is, is not always terribly entertaining, although uh, there's typically a, a fair number of people who want to observe the overtures committee just because of the function of that committee. But uh, so um, Monday and Tuesday, you've got uh, committee of commissioners work um, early afternoon Tuesday. The exhibit hall opens and there's a reception there. Uh, you know, the exhibit hall is going to be loaded with good information, useful stuff for ministry and the like. Uh, there will be um, seminars that can be very informative and helpful. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the assembly convenes on Tuesday evening uh, with uh, what to me is just a magnificent worship service um, and, uh, and the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Um, the the opening worship service will be preached by Randy Thompson, a uh, a lion of our presbytery, uh, who I know will do a fine job. And uh, and you know, uh, for people that have not attended an assembly, you know, I find uh, the worship services magnificent, and and I find the the hymn singing particularly stirring, mm. uh, because you've got you know full throated. Uh, participation and uh, it's just a, a great time of joy so you know those are the things that happen you know leading up to the the conduct of business if you will and then after the opening worship service um, you know the the outgoing moderator in this instance I will call the meeting to order we will establish the fact that there's a quorum we'll go through you know certain mechanical items but basically Tuesday evening, by and large, is spent setting up the work of the assembly for the remainder of its time in session. There may be partial reports from the Overtures Committee, partial report from RPR. Um, could be, um, I think that there have been occasions when the SJC has made partial reports, and those really come primarily because of the possibility of their impacting events that will occur downstream in the conduct of the business of the assembly. So Tuesday night is devoted to that. Wednesday morning there will be a, an assembly-wide um, seminar gathering, I believe. that. Uh, so John, wait a minute. When, when does the moderator? That happens Tuesday night, right? That Those things happen right away? Tuesday night. Yeah. So yeah they and, 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 and there is also the election of the moderator Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then you, you happily hand over the gavel. Is there a gavel? Do you have a gavel? You know, there is a gavel. Um, I I don't think I used it last year. So, uh, Oh, man. Use it this year, would you? <laughs> Use it this year to to call us to order. Oh, you, you're going to want to do that. Trust me. Well, you know, that, that probably will be necessary because there's so much friendly conversation going on that getting people to, to come to order can be a challenge. That's right. When you're up there this summer and you feel the need to get people's attention, you remember George told me to use the hammer. Uh, you'll, you'll be you'll remember this discussion. This one's for George. There, yes, you can even say that if you want. <laughs>
Uh, no, I'm kidding. So, okay, and and then you'll you'll be no longer our moderator, and you will you will be in the crowd, I, I suppose. Right. Okay. Um, Wednesday I think I night. Have one other responsibility, and that is the. I, th- I believe that I will deliver the report of the Cooperative Ministries Committee. Okay. Okay. But that's not as the moderator. That's in the function uh, of that committee. Yes. So let me see if I'm able to pull up the the GA website. So the piece for everybody that's listening, the the website is doesn't look like it's showing the web address, but it's PCAGA.org. So PCA, like the denomination, GA, General Assembly, .org. Hey, while you're doing that, uh, let me also commend the work of the host committees. You know, I talked about the, you know, the the machine, if you will, of the denomination that's doing the work to conduct the assembly. But Mm -hmm. you've also got a local committee arising out of that presbytery and volunteers from the churches of the presbytery that really do yeoman's work. You know, uh, I recall, you know, seeing friends at assemblies, you know, who are volunteers and they're members of local churches who are out, um, you know, doing things ranging from, you know, directing uh, folks to handing out materials and uh, conducting registrations so that the local churches and, and the local churches frequently will provide choirs and so on. So, the host committee, uh, consisting of the local presbytery and its member churches and their congregants, um, also contribute greatly to the conduct of the assembly. Oh, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. And so, for anybody listening, you know, presbyteries kind of, I guess they apply. Uh, to the administrative committee to be an option is that is that correct, John? They kind of say we'd like to host. They do, and uh, the the administrative committee will uh, do some survey work to determine the uh, adequacy of facilities, um, meeting rooms, um, hotel rooms, transportation, restaurants, and the like. Uh, and they also, of course, want to consider uh, just the ease of uh, of accessibility. So. Right. So if anybody, if you haven't been to General Assembly, you know, last year had, I think, 2,200 people, give or take. That, And that's just registered commissioners. That's not even including people that just come and, and, and maybe even host committee volunteers. Because as, as John said, the host committee, you know, a lot of them are just, they're lay people from the churches who care about the work of the PCA and are excited to be a part of it. And they're they're there like answering questions and directing people where to go. I mean, there's all kinds of volunteers all over this place. You say, where do they come from? They don't all come from the administrative committee. They're coming from the local churches in that area through the host committee. And so you're absolutely right that it's a huge amount of work to find a convention and hotel space to to house over 2000 people meeting space for i mean can you imagine a, the room that's required and then the technology involved so that you have microphones all over and and you need to be able to hear them and uh those clickers i, I wish they would do something about the clickers john but i don't know if you have any pull there <laughs> they- george um for what it's worth um you said you've been to two assemblies uh were voting cards used at your first one no 
No, I've seen, I've heard about, they still give us those just in case, I guess. Still give voting cards. How did you do that? How did, explain that. Well, uh, one of the groups of unsung heroes of the assembly uh, is the floor clerk organization. Uh, Rick Springer has been uh, doing that work for years. Uh, Jim Smith used to be with him, but uh, at any rate, floor clerks uh, have responsibility. Um, I did it for several years, and as I recall, typically we would have responsibility for several rows, um, five, maybe ten rows. But the floor clerks are both distributing materials, but when there's a vote, if it's a close vote, uh, you know, there's a count required. And so uh, there would be hand voting, and people would raise their cards. Um, and if the moderator could not tell the uh, prevailing uh, vote, he would, you know, people would be called upon to raise their cards or perhaps stand. And the floor clerks, each with responsibility for a designated area, would count those persons standing, write it on a tally sheet, and take it forward to um, one of the um, to, to Springer or one of his assistants, who would then total them up, and you know then the opposing vote would also be taken. So that would sometimes take several minutes. Um, wow. Wow. So yes, I like the problems with the clickers. Um, you know, uh, it's 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 much better than the voting cards were. Oh no, no doubt. I I don't even know what it would be like. Now I think the assemblies have gotten bigger since the, those voting cards, but still, the uh, the only problem with the clickers is I, I don't mind. I mean, obviously, I'd rather push a button, but sometimes the votes didn't go in, um, and you know some so, but uh, I might not have been elected. <laughs> no, you were. This is all you a sham. You, the whole thing. No, you, uh, you got a good sense of humor. You were very stern up at the uh, as a moderator, and so uh, I'm glad Did we I get seem to do stern? this. Uh, not stern, just focused. Focused. Not stern at all, actually. Just focused. Um, so now, is it scrolling now on your screen? It is. Okay. So PCAGA.org, and it's a beautiful website. You see right there in the front, you have. PCA 50 and uh, our Mandalorian logo. No, that's the PCA logo. Um, and you you see all kinds of links here. And there's a site there to PCA50.org, which is a, a great resource to celebrate our history as we approach this, the 50th General Assembly on our 50th anniversary, which we could talk about in a, in a sec, actually. But you can see as you scroll down these, these icons or... Uh, I guess they're called icons, I, where you could see the schedules of the assembly, the overtures. So this is all available to every single person. This is not a private website. It's all out in the public. You can see the schedules, the seminars, and the overtures. And there are, um, this is a lot of the work that will be voted on. It's not everything that will be voted on, but there's 27 overtures that are going mostly to overtures committee, but many to, to different committees, some you see to the SJC. And so just trying to familiarize anybody who may be watching how to see this, the schedules, you can see uh, there's a docket, which will be more, again, in line with like parliamentary procedure. And then there's just a schedule, which is more like it as if it were a convention, just very easy when the start stop times are. Oh, that one's not actually showing on yours anyway you get the, you get the point um but as i mentioned 
the the 50th anniversary, John, what are some things you're excited about as uh, as we turn 50? You know, George, it's uh, it's really to me a testimony as to uh, the Lord's faithfulness uh, to see where we are at 50 years. Uh, I took a look back. I want to say that at the at the first assembly, there were 300 odd. Let me look this up. Um, Three hundred and eighty-seven commissioners at the first assembly. You know there will probably be twenty-two, twenty-three hundred this year. You know we've uh, we've grown. We've got uh, you know we've got uh, churches scattered throughout the country. We've got uh, missionaries scattered around the world who are not only doing the work of evangelism but working to build local churches. Uh, in those uh, international locales. We've got uh, the ministry of uh, RUF on uh, last year, I believe they reported 176 campuses, but also now working with international students specifically and now beginning to plant on international campuses. So, you know, the, the, the church uh, has, has grown and thrived and we continue to proclaim the message of Christ, you know, that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And, Amen. you know, it is, it is exciting to me to think about what the Lord is doing through our denomination. It's cause for celebration. Um, you know, yes, when we gather for the assembly, you know, there are topics that uh, come up that uh, have uh, great emotion attached to them. But, you know, the the good thing about that is that those emotions arise from the fact that um, we're committed. Uh, we're committed to Scripture. We're committed to um, proclaiming Christ. Um, you know, sometimes it can be easy to forget that those with whom we differ um, in terms of pathway uh, are still pursuing the same end uh, that I am. Mm. They just see a different pathway to get there. And you know they're they're brothers in Christ, um, and um, all too often in the um, in the hurly burly, if you will, of of working through and grinding uh, to reach decisions, it can be easy to uh, forget the fact that uh, we're brothers in Christ. And you know it's uh, so. My hope is that this will be both a celebration of that, a celebration of the uh, unity that we have in Christ and that we will demonstrate uh, both to the city of Memphis and to those who watch us, but that um, our work will be representative of Christ and his kingdom uh, and that that will also be our work, you know, the remainder of the year, you know, that we would indeed um, season uh, our environments, you know, our communities, our workplaces, um, with you know the sweet fragrance of Christ and bring people to him that they would know him uh, for salvation preach John do you get to preach at your church brother <laughs> I preach <laughs> no no okay well thank you for for that that is why we exist that is why we do what we do praise God I, I'm so encouraged by what you just by what you just shared yes 50 years what 
it is an amazing testimony to what God's doing here, and yet a blip in church history. And so may yeah. may He continue His church, and may the PCA um, be in His favor, and uh, may He be pleased to to continue to to keep our lampstand lit for His glory and for for salvation. I love it. Uh, we've gone. Uh, we're, we're probably getting close, Mister Moderator. I'm not ready to call the question yet, but uh, see, I had added like one little kind of pun there or whatever but uh i know you you uh you thought about being on this uh this interview so was there anything else you wanted to share with whoever may be listening as we get ready to sign off you know uh i I just i would encourage people to come to the assembly i'll i will tell a story on myself yes uh, you might get a chuckle out of this i I laugh (laughs) and tell people you know, uh, encouraging folks to go, and they say, I've never done that before. My consulting work, I, from time to time, would tell people, I haven't done exactly this, but uh, I've done other things close to it, but I've never done anything that I didn't first do, uh, that I didn't once do the first time. But I, I recall being at an assembly some years ago. I was on a committee of commissioners. The moderator called for the report of that committee, and the chairman was off of the floor. So he went on, took a report from another committee, called for the committee that I was on um, a second time. Chairman was not present. When the third time came around, uh, he asked if there was anyone from the committee who could come forward and make the report. There was no movement. He <laughs> said, is there no one in the room that was uh, in that committee? And I sheepishly held my hand up and went uh, went to the podium on the way, receiving as I passed John Robertson a copy of the report and as I began making the report, this was for uh, the M&A committee and it involved the division of some presbyteries and from the floor uh, people rose with regard to two presbytery divisions to protest and to say that they were not properly conducted uh, at the presbytery level and uh, I can assure you that at that moment um, I felt that I was standing at the podium with my shorts around my knees. <laughs> I bet. That so, may not be appropriate for inclusion in this, but... Uh, no, we'll leave it in. <laughs> so, w- what happened? Where was the uh, where was the convener? Or the, the Well, uh, there had been... The chairman. Uh, one, one item uh, that it had been contested. It had been resolved uh, off the floor, but thankfully... Uh, I'm pretty certain that it was Kennedy Smart who got the attention of the moderator and basically said that uh, one of those protesting was uh, mistaken. And the moderator said, well, you know, uh, we, we still have this item on the floor. And he said, if you'll take care of us from a parliamentary perspective, I'll take care of Bob and his concern. <laughs> and we, we moved onward, much to my relief. Okay. What year was this? Do you remember? <laughs> Uh, I think it was 2006. Okay. All right. And who would, who would... In Atlanta, and I remember that uh, Dominic Aquila was the moderator. Oh, very, but, uh, <laughs> very good. Okay. You know, but... The, I wonder if he uh, remembers that. Well, he, he probably doesn't, but uh, it was uh, it was memorable for me. And, you know, the, the poor guy that was the chair of the committee was actually uh, off of the floor. I think he was trying... Uh, to get additional copies of the report or something of that sort, he he was not being derelict, but he he just wasn't available in the committee, and the assembly needed to move on. 
Oh, that's funny. And and who would guess that 15 or 17 years later you'd be the uh, the moderator? So sheepishly one day and 17 years later ready to sheepishly lead us. Sheepishly again. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well good word, uh, John. I appreciate that. So for anybody uh, listening, there's this great booklet, Parliamentary Procedure for Presbyters, written by Pastor Jacob Gerber. And uh, it's put out by the Gospel Reformation Network, and it will be, it was given out at their conference last week, but it will also be available uh, at the Gospel Reformation Network luncheon. So another thing that happens at the General Assembly is a number of different groups have luncheons. Uh, I think MNA has one, MTW has one, uh, the seminaries have them, the Gospel Reformation Network has one. Uh, 500 seats have sold out. And they got bigger space. So they have another 150 tickets. And you could just go to gospelreformation.net and uh, click register for luncheon and um, join the luncheon. It's I believe it's Wednesday uh, afternoon. But uh, just wanted to give that plug also. And John, you're a gentleman. You're a churchman. Uh, we haven't met in person, but I look forward to shaking your hand as moderator. And maybe if you don't use the gavel you'll let me um you'll let me bang it a few times before the the thing starts what do you think <laughs> you know i'm not sure that they're going to trust me with the gavel <laughs> george i look forward to meeting you face to face and uh thank you for uh for your graciousness with this and uh for the opportunity uh you know i, I say to uh folks in the church come to the assembly whether and even if you're not a commissioner uh you know you can be blessed and i think Seeing the work of the church, the church at work uh, through um, its representatives, to me, is very encouraging. Uh, and so I urge people to go, particularly if you're in the Memphis area. That's that's man, that's great input, especially yeah, the worship. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you shared that because there's a lot of PCA presence in in that area. So good, good encouragement, John. How, what do you say when you when you close the assembly what do you say uh i, I believe you say we're con we're adjourned and, and 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 also you know you there is a statement as to reconvening uh june the whatever it is uh in in memphis tennessee okay well there well there you go so so i will say it we are we are adjourned on this call and we will reconvene uh, whenever I get another guest, I actually, I will say this. People were joking. They say, how does George get to talk to some of the coolest people? Because I've had Dr. O. Palmer Robertson on. I've had Mel Duncan on. I've had a, a number of cool people. I said, well, I had to start a podcast for people to want to talk to me. And, and then they were willing to. And so I do appreciate, I mean, you basically, we turned this interview around super quick. And so thank you again, John. Hey, thank you for doing this. Uh, thank you for serving the church with this. And uh, nice to meet you through this medium and uh, perhaps through another face-to-face. -face. Yes. Take care, see, friend. See you in Memphis. You too.